The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. I understand there's a problem with Gage Patronci. Yeah. Besides the behavior problem, he won't do homework, and his test scores are... I'm not interested in any of that. I'm interested in why, when this school is on the brink of winning its first state championship in 15 years, you slap a crucial member of that team with a failing mark that would force his removal. Is that how you show your school spirit? You're asking me to change his grade? And that's from Buffy. And the idea of the fact that he didn't earn a good grade and he doesn't deserve a good grade, you know, think of just desserts. What's going on there? What decision should she make? Should she have more, in quote, school spirit and reward him for failing? Or should she not have more school spirit and instead give him the grade or has it nothing to do with school spirit? And with me to discuss justice, rewards, and punishments is Dr. Tara Smith. Dr. Smith is a professor of philosophy at the University of Texas, Austin. She is the author of Ayn Rand's Normative Ethics, The Virtuous Egoist, and she's also written Moral Rights and Political Freedom and Viable Values, A Study of Life as the Root and Reward of Morality. Welcome to the show, Tara. Thank you for having me. So what do you think about that case where you know, she doesn't have school spirit because he earned a grade, or did he not earn? Mm-hmm. What, what happens with well, grades? Do you earn them or not? Sure you earn them. You should earn them and be awarded the grade that you deserve. I mean, that sounded like a good example of injustice. That is, justice, treating other people justly, is a policy of judging them objectively and treating them accordingly paying them whatever rewards or punishments they have earned or deserve. But when I say judging people objectively, what is objective judgment is going to depend on the context. And in that situation from the clip, we're in a school. We're we're talking about an educational institution. Schools exist for the purpose of educating students, training them, and in the course of doing that, testing their mastery of the material, as you do by assignments, homework, papers, exams, and so on. Which right? gives the student feedback of where they stand, how exactly. much they've mastered so that they it. can know how much they are learning, how much more they need to do. Insofar as it is an educational institution, what's relevant is performance in this math class or that history class or whatever it, not, it might be. School spirit, and I'm all for school spirit, but that is secondary. That is a kind of compliment that may or may not be achieved in, at different schools. But it is not, I don't know if it was a principal or whomever, or a coach who was trying to place this pressure on a teacher to change a grade, but that was asking for injustice, asking for the teacher to set aside the actual relevant fact the kid earned, let's say, a C or a D or whatever it might have been, and to elevate what is irrelevant in that context, namely the success of the football team, uh, over it. So that was a real. That would be a real example of injustice. But the coach or the principal was pretending. He was trying to take the moral high ground with his intimidating tone, and he was mm-hmm. pretending that this was an issue of justice. How mm-hmm. can you kick this kid off the team because of that poor grade? Right. Whereas she's not kicking the kid off the team. She's just accurately recording what he he earned. Exactly, and he has failed to earn his place as a student eligible to play an extracurricular sport. And he right? could have done his homework. He could have done a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I love her comment, you're asking me to change his grade. I mean, she just hits it straight on rather than yeah, being yeah. intimidated. So when we talk about justice, I know you've emphasized in your book, uh, Ayn Rand's Normative Ethics, The Virtuous Egoist. I know that you've emphasized that it's important to focus on not just the punishments of getting a grade that you've earned, 
but the rewards. Tell me a little bit about that. Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad and then Alan will be back. Romance. I wish I knew more about what girls want from a relationship. Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance, a serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Huh. The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, as I said, justice, you're judging people, and correspondingly, you're treating them as they deserve. And I think sometimes when one defends the idea of judging people, there's a connotation of a kind of negative emphasis on the defects, on the flaws, looking to criticize people. And that is not what Ayn Rand or what I have in mind when we talk about justice. Certainly, where there are defects or flaws or deficiencies, those things need to be honestly assessed and, and, and recognized. But so much of what is enjoyable about practicing the virtue of justice is attending to the positives. People have so many positive values that they can bring to one another's lives. I know that in the time since I really started examining this virtue, the practice of justice has enriched my life by tuning me in much more keenly to rewarding the good guys. Now, what I mean is a, a range of things. I mean, everything from writing more fan letters, that is. If there's an author who I find I really enjoy, I've read two or three of his books, and I decide, yeah, I really like this or that aspect of the author, I'll just send them a quick note acknowledging that. It's a way of encouraging that which you find valuable in other people. So you it, can it, do this by giving a larger tip. You can do this by voting for a person. You can do, you know, even at the office or supporting a person's candidacy. Again, just sometimes on a committees at the office or something like that. You can give a bonus. You can give an afternoon off. You can give the special recognition award. You can give an invitation. You can give the attaboys. There are just, you know, a great variety of ways, small and large, depending on what it is that you want to be rewarding, in which we can encourage that which is good and deserves encouragement in one another. So, you know, punishments are also a part of justice, but I certainly want to get away from the image that I think the judgmental right, aspect right. of justice has, that, oh, you're just trying to feel superior You're always to picking on me. Exactly. You, know, you, just, exactly. you just want to feel good about yourself. So that right. whole idea of judgmental is not justice. It's, mm-hmm. it's anything but. Mm-hmm. I find that... Uh, with my clients, or even in my own life, Tara, that I I have difficulty in some clients to saying what you love most about the people who matter most to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy to write the fan letter. Mm -hmm. I find it sometimes easier than to tell my parents precisely what I love about them. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder... I, I'm sure that that's that I'm not alone. I know that from therapy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, can you speak to that a little bit about really well, telling the top people in your life what yeah. you feel about them, the positive things? Well, I think in part it is a matter of first identifying what are those things. And that, again, is where I think justice can help us. That is, if I'm feeling this emotion of love or of admiration for another person, be it a family member or a very close, close person or not, you know, it's useful, first of all, to ask, Why am I feeling this? What's the basis for this? And, again, becoming more in tune with what are the specifics? Oh, yeah, I like this about this person, this and this and this, right? So, first of all, I think 
trying to attune yourself to justice, attuned yourself more specifically to the facts. To focus on facts. Right, right, to be focused on what are the grounds for this positive emotion. Wonderful. But then, definitely, I think, you know, I think we, we take the people close to us. For granted. For granted, very yeah. often. And justice is about how you judge and treat everyone, from those closest to the stranger on the street who you've never laid eyes on before, and everybody in between. Yeah. But it's about being honest and truthful, and sometimes taking the emotional risk of being honest, where perhaps you're in a family that doesn't like to talk much about its emotions. Or they may be embarrassed if you say something, or they may not believe you. you. And you can still try, you know, you can still make the effort to do so in an honest way, in a way that you think that particular person can hear. Yeah. You know, you want to think about how is this going to go over as opposed to making a big announcement at Thanksgiving dinner this year. I really love you, Mom. (laughs) Right. You know, something like that. I mean, you have right. To you have to put it in the context of how that person would best receive it. Listen, thank you exactly. so much for joining us today, and thank I you. hope all of us can focus on those we love and be able to let it come out of our mouths to speak what we genuinely love about a person. This I'm um, with Dr. Tara Smith, author of Ayn Rand's Normative Ethics: The Virtuous Egoist, which you can get at AynRandBookstore.com. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. For more Dr. Kenner podcast. Go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. Here is an example of two people with a similar sense of life discovering each other. Brian met Suzanne at a friend's outing. He was immediately attracted to her, and not just because he found her physically appealing. She did not try to be the center of attention. She dressed tastefully. She seemed interested in conversations about ideas rather than idle gossip. It didn't bother her when people disagreed with her views. When Brian talked with her, she looked at him directly. He saw no hint of fear, only curiosity about what he had to say. Brian, an independent thinker with genuine self-esteem, felt an emotional bond with Suzanne. He felt he might have met his soulmate. However, Brian properly remained cautious. He knew he needed to get to know her better. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.